The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. It's Burke's Best Bets time. Danny Burke from Vicent Sports Network in a playoff weekend Danny, how uh, how's it hanging? Have you celebrated Kevin Warren to Chicago yet? And if so, how have you celebrated? <laughs> uh, not necessarily celebrated just yet. You know, uh, the jury's still out on the guy who didn't want us to have college football. Now I'm just playing around, but it, look, it, it can only be it can only be good things in terms of the development you would imagine of the potential stadium in Arlington Heights for the Bears, considering he played a hand in the Vikings' new stadium. He kind of brings more of a, I don't know, I guess, real feel, top tier organizational approach instead of just having the family run everything. So, uh, from a legit end, this is probably going to be a huge step in making this Bears team feel like an actually uh, just maturely run organization, maybe the appropriate way to put it. Well, Denny, if, if Kevin Warren had stepped in preseason and stopped this Bears season before it happened, canceled it, I mean, what would it have changed? You guys still gotten the first overall pick if you would have forfeited every single game this year, and you would have had to deal with the pain of watching the Bears this year. I mean, it seems like a win-win. Well, that's true, although we would have missed some of the great Justin Fields game. But you're right. I mean, you would have had guys who would have been more healthy. So, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> if he can use some of those powers for the games we don't want to play in, that it's going to be a uh, viable hire. Danny, let's look uh, at the playoff menu. And Saturday, how are you feeling about those matchups, uh, do you like uh, the points in Seattle or uh, no way, no how? And let's talk Chargers and Jags with two of the uh, best and youngest quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, sorry to uh, your son Carson here, Schmitty, but I'm going to be fading the Seahawks in this game. Look, you got the number one overall defense, according to DVOA in San Francisco, taking on the 21st-ranked defense in Seattle. Now, Going even further, the Seahawks are 25th against the run, and we know that San Francisco can scheme you to death in terms of how they can attack you on the ground game, which will take some of the pressure off of a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy. Although he's looked great, it is still a playoff game, and it's in a game that is going to feature some perhaps intense weather issues with the wind and the rain. So you can really hone in on handing the ball off to your amazing acquisition this season and Christian McCaffrey have that behind your stout offensive line and expose this really poor Seahawks run defense. So, look, I know the line's kind of gotten out of hand. It's at 9.5, as high as 10. So what I did is actually tease down the 49ers. And really, you know, I don't mind laying it, but because of the weather and, again, because of Brock Purdy being a rookie and it is a division game in the postseason, a little bit of a cushion under a field goal, I think, is the right way to approach it with San Francisco. But also, let's just face the facts. Geno Smith has been playing like the Geno Smith we knew he was coming into this season. Then we found out, all right, he can have something, but it's not going to be that long because he does have seven interceptions in his last seven games. He has failed to eclipse a completion percentage of over 62% in the last three games. Also in that span of the last three games, he has not thrown 
for over 215 passing yards. I, I get it. They love to run the ball with Kenneth Walker, and I'm sure they'll emphasize that even more so in this weather-led game. But again, you're going up against one of, if not the best run defense in San Francisco. So the head coaching advantage, the quarterback advantage, the overall team advantage, all lies with San Francisco. So for a little security, I tease them down. And really quick, I'll just tell you the team I tease them with. I did tease them with Cincinnati. The Bengals this morning in Illinois were laying eight in the hook. I know now it's about nine in the hook. But look, if you have to use a seven-point teaser with San Francisco, you're going to have to use it for Cincy. So I got them to minus one in the hook. But if you have nine and a half, taking it down to two and a half, you're still under the key number three, and I think that's fine because Lamar Jackson is not playing this weekend. Even if he was, he hasn't taken a meaningful snap in a game or practice in over a month. And now Tyler Huntley looks like he may be banged up, so he may be getting Anthony Brown in a playoff game on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that absolutely deserves to be here, deserves a shot at the Super Bowl, a defense that has vastly improved, especially in the second half, and an offense that is led by an absolute stud in Joe Burrow. So uh, I paired them with the Bengals down to under the key number three. So that's what I did with that first game in the teaser with the other partner. As for the Chargers in Jacksonville, look, I think this is going to be the most exciting game of the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up playing over 46 and a half for the total at the price of minus 118. I got this on Monday morning. But you have a Jacksonville defense that, according to DVOA, is 31st in red zone defense. 27th against the run, 20th against the pass, and overall, just this outright defense, they're 30th against the pass. And we know the Chargers love to throw the ball. Justin Herbert is a beast. Now, I know Mike Williams is a little bit banged up, but honestly, with or without him, I still think they're going to be able to move the ball. Will that hinder their chances in winning? Sure, but I don't think it's going to hinder them still having scoring opportunities in aiding this total going to the over. And then you look at the other side. Yes, Brandon Staley, a defensive guy, finally, after a year and a half, has made adjustments defensively and you've seen some improvements. But they are still dead last. They ended the season dead last in allowing the most yards per rush attempt at 5.4 to opposing tailbacks. And over the last three games, that increased to 5.8. So Jacksonville, with their weapons, their improving offense, will be able to establish the ground dominance with Travis Etienne which will set up the play action, which will expose the secondary of the Chargers, and again, lead to more points. So I did over 46.5 for that game. Danny Burke is with us here. It's Burke's Best Bets. And Danny, I was inclined to skip right past Miami and Buffalo, but with the 13-point line, i got to ask, why is that not included in your teaser? Tease down the the Bills to a six-point favorite. Because when you're doing teasers, historically the most successful ones are when you're crossing the key numbers of seven and three but when you're crossing seven you're going up through the seven so not necessarily right below it and i'm not saying it's bad play and that it can't hit and i and i do like the idea of that but i I would have wanted to do that earlier uh so i wouldn't have had to pay more on the seven point teaser because if i'm paying more on a seven point teaser you know some books it's anywhere from like minus 130 to minus 140 some do minus 150 but the standard should be uh like minus 130 to minus 140 range and so, basically, if I'm paying that much, I don't want to have to sweat out still like a pretty sizable spread. I want it down to where they just have to win by a field goal, which it lands on that a lot. And I know it lands on a touchdown a lot, but still, that's still asking a team to cover by seven, which I do believe they will, and I'm not talking anybody out of it. I just don't care to tease down a team from double digits. The Stanford Wong teaser, again, historically the most successful. You tease down home favorites of just over seven, so you cross down through the key number of seven and three, or you're teasing up home and or road underdogs 
from, say, plus two and a half, over three, and over seven. So when you're doing it from the teens, you're only crossing the one key number instead of two of them. So that's why I didn't do it. But look, the number, the time to jump in on Buffalo was right at the beginning of the week because they kind of knew or figured that Tua wasn't going to play. And this was going to be the third time around in the Bills with a lot of momentum coming into the postseason and a lot to play for, certainly. Uh, under 10 would have been the right spot to do it and not having it in the teaser. But I've got nothing in this game with Skyler Thompson on the other end. There's not even any like player props you like in that game. It's the playoffs. Uh, for that game, look, you would want to do something with Josh Allen, and maybe you could do his passing touchdowns over one and a half. But maybe be careful a little bit in terms of his pass attempts and pass completions, just because if you do believe that the Bills cover this number, well, they're not really going to stress Josh Allen throwing it consistently. They're a team that needs to get their run offense get going, and they should do that in this game where they know they're a big favorite and can easily win. So, again, you probably just want to get your guys safe and out of there and not leave them vulnerable or open to any mistakes. So maybe, if anything, you'd look at rushing props with the Bills, assuming they get a big lead, hold on to it, wind down the clock, and try to get confidence in that running game. But I didn't do any props in the playoffs just because it's a little bit wonky. Everything kind of changes, and the sample sizes are different. It's it's just a little bit more unique in the postseason. Why I don't seek out as much for these player props. They do have some leans, but uh, I don't think I'm going to jump in on any for this week. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Winding down here, Hail Varsity Radio, Danny Burke, Decent Sports Network, and follow Danny at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Catch him weekends on Decent. Danny, Minnesota, and the Giants, a thriller the, the first time in the regular season. Does Minnesota break hearts or do they move on? <laughs> this game as we just left in shambles. Look, on paper, the Vikings should win this game. They should be the better team, and it really shouldn't be a discussion. But the argument absolutely can and should be made that Brian Dable is the better coach in this spot. I mean, I like Kevin O'Connell. That's why I love the Vikings coming into this season. And, yeah, they've cashed me some tickets, but this is a different beast. Like, we, I mean, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, TJ Hawkins, and Kirk Cousins, we shouldn't even be having a discussion right now of who should win this game. Yet we are because Minnesota has an inability to win comfortably, to do something stout on defense. Their defense kills them, and sometimes if they can't get that running game established and filter in the play action, they're trailing immediately. Look, the Giants are a red or a, pardon me, a rushing defense that allows the second most yards per carry. I believe the number is at 5.2. So, again, if Dalvin Cook can get established early and you factor in the play action, that is the bread and butter for this Minnesota offense. But if you look at what happened in that first game, Christmas Eve, Vikings beat the Giants 27-24. Minnesota made Daniel Jones actually look like an NFL quarterback and then some. The Duke went 30-42 for 334 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Barkley had 84 rushing yards and a touchdown. The Giants actually averaged more yards per play, 6.7, compared to the Vikings' flat five. Vikings went three or four in the red zone when the Giants only went one or two. And the Giants had two turnovers, but that's kind of uncharacteristic because they have a plus-three turnover differential and the second-fewest giveaways in the NFL. If they can limit those mistakes, I would not be shocked if the Giants win this game. Again, I think Minnesota should because they have a good home-field advantage and they have the better players. 
but I just don't know how you can trust them with this number at three. If you like Minnesota, wait to see what the tempo of this game is and then live bet it. Otherwise, I honestly would probably feel a little bit more comfortable taking the points with the Giants or teasing them up. Denny, last thought here. Cowboys, Buccaneers got about a minute left. Are you betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs? I personally am not. Now that this line's moved down to two in the hook, I think you're in a prime position to tease up the Bucks Again, you're crossing a key number of three, crossing a key number of seven. Uh, Dak Prescott hasn't done anything impressive, and I don't trust Mike McCarthy. I don't trust Todd Bowles, but I trust Tom Brady. With the play that I made, though, I did the first half under 22 in the hook. Tampa has the first or the number one ranked first half defense, according to DVOA. Dallas is 22nd offensively. Tampa's 14th offensively. Dallas is 15th defensively. But the Bucks limiting opponents to just nine first-half points per game. Dallas allowing 11. Tampa Bay averaging less than nine. They're at 8.6, and Dallas is averaging 13.2. The only time Tampa Bay gets an offense is in a two-minute drill, and that's not going to occur at the beginning stages of this game. Dallas will be limited by the Bucks defense that is a little bit underrated. I think it's going to be a slower effort, so first half under 22.5 points. Danny Burke with us, VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5. That's where you find him on Twitter. Catch him on VEASAN's network throughout the weekend in the NFL playoffs. Danny, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight today. You got it, fellas. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. That'll do it for us here on this Thursday edition of Hail Varsity Radio. Make sure you check out the podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, or check us out the video streaming portion on YouTube. That's Hail Varsity's YouTube page. Check it out. Post it up shortly following the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow from 4 to 6. Schmidt will be back, and that's when we'll talk to you again.